Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We're live in here at the Dustin Bailey at Southern Magnolia's Realty Studio. And this segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Mack Hike Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram right there in Flowood. If you're in the market for a new Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram or quality pre-owned vehicle, go see Corey McDonald and the team right there on Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. You can shop them online at MacHikeCDJRF.com. Again, or just go in there and see them in person. Let them know you heard it on the Clay Edwards Show. Everybody wants to know a guy. Now you know a guy. That's Corey McDonald. He's the general manager over there at Mack Hike. Local born, local guy, born and raised right here in central Mississippi. Uh, Marine veteran, uh, all that good stuff, man. Go see him. Let him know you heard it on the Clay Edwards Show. That's Mack Hike Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram right there in Flowood. All right, so this is going to be the second episode of our recovery podcast series. kind of what I'm calling it. And last week we had our first one with Amber Norsworthy, and she kind of inspired this thing. It was her idea. She told me I should do it. And I was like, you know what? Great idea. Let's do it. And uh, this week, I reached out to Matthew Milliman at uh, Mercy House Adult and Teen Challenge. I said, hey, man, why don't we team up on this thing? I said, I know y'all got a lot of good stories to tell. Your, your boots on ground doing this thing. And he, I was like, well, just help me out with some guests and stuff. Because everybody says they want to come and talk about it. And then it's time to do it. And people kind of get cold feet sometimes. So I appreciate Matthew coming out this morning. And he's brought along a guest, Eddie Buchanan, who is a success story, a, a graduate of the program. Uh, so let's just start with uh, telling us the story of Mercy House Adult Teen Challenge, how it came to be, what you guys do, where you're at. I know y'all have been on this station for a long time, and I'm really proud to be involved with you. My first time in the studio was a was a, as an appearance on Kim Wade's show, and you were the guest that day also, and we got to meet That's each right. other almost two years ago. So, uh, Matthew, tell us a little bit about Mercy House. So Adult and Teen Challenge um, has actually been around for a long time. And, and, Clay, I appreciate you having us on the show. To all the listeners, we're glad to be here. Just to be able to share about recovery, that it's possible, right, that people can recover. Um, addiction doesn't have to define you. And so we're excited to be able to share about that. And so Adult and Teen Challenge actually started uh, over 65 years ago in Brooklyn, New York. And um, a small town guy went down there and uh, started helping gang members. And next thing you know, 65 years later, here we are. We've been around for 12 years, and our campus is in Georgetown, Mississippi. I like to tell people it's a retreat because, you know, if you're struggling with addiction and you live in Brandon, you need to get out of Brandon for a season, and so our campus is in Georgetown. We've got 15 beautiful acres. We're actually having a fall fest out there this Saturday. If anybody wants to come out, see the campus, you can come out. Uh, there'll be games for kids, and, and you'll get to kind of see a little bit about what we do. But essentially, we're a retreat where men uh, who are struggling with addiction, 18 and up, can come. And, and we're like a discipleship program. Yeah, we, we teach men how to get off of drugs and alcohol, but we're a lot more than that. You know, we want to teach men how to live in society because that's so important. You know what I mean? You got to know how to pay your bills. You've got to know how to be responsible. You got to know how to take care of your family. You got to know how to do so much more that probably was put on the back burner because of your addiction. And that's not everybody. Everybody's story is different, but we teach a variety of things, you know, classwork, but also how to live in society. It's almost like a reentry program. Yeah, it's it, essentially. You know, I mean, part of it, you know, the, the, the teaching people how to be an adult. Right. You know, we take that for granted. You know, everybody's upbringing, everybody's story is different, like you said. You know, to, so to be able to, to learn how to do these things and learn what's expected of you. Um, I know you guys, you, you have the, I, what I love the thing y'all do where people are out there selling the woodwork, 
right? Right. That is you guys, right? That's us, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Making sure. <laughs> I was like, I hope I'm right about that. Um, I love that because it teaches people how to engage with people. And I think that is a lost art, making eye contact and having to talk to folks. And I know there's some great stories right here that allow you to do it. I know the uh, the vowels there in Byram. That's the first one that comes to mind. And I, I, great business owners like that, knowing that it's for a good cause and letting their customers be talked to and stuff. But I think that builds relationship skills for people and how to it talk does. to people. And that, that skill is going to carry into a job interview. That's right. Or whatever the next case may be. Like, there's a point in it. Yeah, well, like, work study, is it's a forgotten thing because most men and, and a lot of women – are working every single day. Some go to a job, women, someone working home, taking care of kids and taking care of family, which is equally important. Um, but you're going to work every day. And, and, and we forget sometimes that because people have been struggling with addiction, they don't even know how to function sometimes at a job. And so that's huge. You know, teaching just daily responsibilities. Like our program is structured, right? I mean, you have to get up at a certain time. You got to have your bed made. You got to, I mean, we have a, a strict structure that we believe is important for the rest of, of, of the guys that come through our program's life, you know. Well, they take that into their day-to-day life. That's say, right. This is what's going to be expected of me. I'm learning a skill. Yeah. Even if it's just structure. I mean, structure goes so far. And, I mean, look, I'm a recovering addict myself. I've told my story a bazillion times. I, I did not go to a program, but you mentioned, like, a retreat. And that's what I did. I, had, I went and went to my parents' house for however long I was there. It started, I think it was going to be a month, and I ended up staying there five or six years because I didn't want to get back out and trust myself. Right. To it. But but you have to separate yourself from it's going to be hard to quit doing drugs. Everybody around you is still doing drugs or alcohol or whatever the case may be. I love the retreat aspect of that. Yeah. Well, you've got to change your, your people, places, things. We know that. And and the good thing is, is that it's possible. The, 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 the bad thing is addiction is on the rise. I mean, everywhere you see. I mean, they're 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 encouraging. It, it seems like you know you even see it when you watch the news. They're over prescribing medication for people. I mean, it's a common thing. It wasn't always talked about, but now it's being talked about more by psychologists and people. If you start reading up on it, like over prescribing stuff, which essentially makes people feel like anytime they struggle with anything, I got to go take something to feel better, and and that becomes a problem because some people get addicted. I'm glad they, you brought that up. Um, and and Eddie, feel free to chime in at any time. I'm just a uh, we, we talk. A lot. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Are you seeing a rise in people coming in that are maybe addicted to antidepressants and stuff of that nature outside of your typical? Because I know, like, when we think drug addicts, it, this is my stereotyping here. I think cocaine, meth, alcohol. Right. I, th- th- those are the things, uh, of course, pain pills, you know, opioids. But are, are we seeing a rise in prescribed antidepressants? So I'm going to I'm going to briefly answer that and then I'm going to let Eddie talk because Eddie um you know obviously struggled with alcohol and he's going to share a little bit but but he also was on antidepressants and and a bunch of other stuff and and Eddie correct me if I'm wrong but you doctors have prescribed you multiple kinds of antidepressants and different things that you that you had taken and um a lot of that was stemmed from the addiction you you were, you were facing because we're not saying that everything I don't want people to mishear me some people need to be on on medication I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that you know each individual case is different. Don't don't mishear me because we know some people that need to be on stuff, but a lot of times it's overprescribed. And Eddie came into our program. He was taking how many? You're taking a variety of different things. A lot of medication. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I I, I tell you what I've seen a I've seen a rise in that is destroying people from the inside out, and that's these Zoloft type antidepressants. Uh, not not like just Xanax where it's take a pill and 
and you're high or happy or whatever the case may be. It's these, it's these <clears throat> I call ramp up medicines where you got to take them for a week and get them in your system good. And that, cause that, that is destroying, it's turning people into zombies. Well, they started me out on uh, antidepressants at 19 years old and I was on them for 30 years. And when I went through teen challenge, they took me off all my antidepressants. And it was hard at first. It was a transition, but now I'm not on any psych meds and I'm doing way better than I've ever done. I mean, I've learned how to, be happy and put on joy without having to turn to a pill. And like he, like Matt said, not everybody, you know, some people do need medication. Um, and that's between you and your doctor. But for me, it's been just, uh, a, a, an amazing freedom that I'm experiencing now, not having to be on the psych meds or rely on the psych meds, not having to force happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's great. Well, and then if, if your mood is tied to a substance We've got to look at that, and, you, and and people listening should look at that. You know, if you if you've got to have that substance to have a certain mood, um, then that can turn into a problem um, down the road. And so Eddie, when he came into our program, I mean, he was broken. Um, he don't mind me sharing this. I mean, he was he was in a in a, in a very uh, a dangerous place. I want to say even suicidal. You know, and just yeah. uh, life really was was over. And he comes from a well-to-do family. I mean, he's not. You know, what I mean, um, and and he experienced some hardships in his life. You know, but. But his life was just a, a mess, and he came into our program not even knowing how or what to do, and just listened to what we said, and just you know started applying principles to his life, and started working hard, challenging himself, and and uh, his life just slowly started changing, you know. But he never could see getting off some of that medication he was on, and all we told him was let's try, and so we kind of weaned him off some of the stuff he was on, and and um, I mean he's done well since then, and, and really has found a purpose uh, from it. But but really, you realize that. Probably a lot of why they were giving him stuff was he was over medicating on alcohol <laughs> and other stuff too that affects parts of your 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 body chemistry, so it makes you feel like you need something else. You know? Yeah, well, yeah, you're not supposed to drink with those antipsychotic <laughs> medicines, you know, or in any any kind of antidepressant or whatever. And you, then you throw that alcohol, and it's not having the desired effect of what the medicine's supposed to do. I, I can only assume. I mean, I, look, I did my fair share of all the different abusings of alcohol and drugs and. And everything. So I just speak from a little personal experience there. Eddie, so you say you started being prescribed uh, the meds at around 19? Around 19. Did you want me to kind of go through my story? Yeah, let's let's start. We got about we got about two or three minutes for our first break, but I thought we'd kind of start introducing people to you and kind of tell, starting to tell the story a little bit. Like, wh- where did it start? I, I, it's usually, there's always a beginning, a muddle, and the end, and the end is recovery. You know, so let's let's start at the beginning there and kind of tell people how how you ended up going down the path you went. Well, I guess around 19, I was suffering with depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. And I went to, you know, different psychiatrists and they prescribed me these different medications. And uh, so I started on that. And around 30 years old, I would I started to drink and smoke pot every night. I mean, my attitude was I'm not going to be depressed anymore. So I'm going to do this every night because I'm not going to feel this. I don't want to feel this way anymore. So that became a, a daily thing, and I had various jobs. I did different things. I never really did have any direction in life. Um, and it was just, you know, I can, the story, I did that until I was like 50 years old. I did get my barber license at like 38 years old. My dad, he said, you've got to do something. You need a trade. So I went to barber school for 14 months. I never really wanted to be a barber, but, he, you know, it was something I could do quickly. And at, you know, at 50, uh, I hit rock bottom. I moved into my parents' house. I uh, lost my job as a barber. And um, I stayed sober at their house for like a year. And then while they were out of town 
one weekend, I decided to call my weed guy. Uh, my back was hurting. I was depressed. I was like, I'm just going to see if his number still works and his number works. So I relapsed at their house. They would go out of town a lot to their cabin in Enon, Mississippi. So I started doing weed behind their back. And one day I was just in the convenience store after being sober from alcohol for 10 years. And I was like, you know, why not just get a 12 pack like old time? So I got a 12 pack. I relapsed on alcohol at their house. And uh, really, I hit rock bottom one night while they were out of town. I was mad at my dad, and I just got into a rage. I was drunk and high, and I started tearing furniture up and breaking uh, doors and chairs. And I woke up the next morning, and I was like, I've got to do something. And David Dilmore had been encouraging me uh, to go to a teen challenge, and I was like, I'll go to teen challenge. You know, my parents came home, and I tried to smooth it over. But I'm 51. They're 73. I'm going to lose in them. I'm going to lose everything. So I've got to do something. So I went down to Teen Challenge. And then, uh, you know, I can continue the story whenever you want me to, how it went when I, I went to Teen Challenge. Yeah, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and take our break real quick. And when we come back, I, 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 want, to, I want to tap into that. You're doing great. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm joined in the studio this morning by Eddie Buchanan and Matthew Milliman with Mercy House Adult and Teen Challenge. And we'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Lakeland Glass and Tent. Jason Anderson and the team out there in Flowood doing big things. If you need your automobile windshield replaced, Lakeland Glass and Tent. If you need your vehicle windows, your home windows, or your business windows tinted, Lakeland Glass and Tent, they will come to you and tint your home and business windows also, not just your automobile. Check them out online. You can book your appointment, get all the pricing information and everything. LakelandGlassIntent.com, where quality matters. Give them a call today, 601-946-1000. All right, man, I am joined in studio this morning by Matthew Milliman with Mercy House Adult and Teen Challenge and uh, one of their recent, I say recent grads, one of their success stories, Eddie Buchanan, sitting here telling his story, his testimony of addiction and recovery. Eddie, let's pick back up where we left off there. Um, you, 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 you relapsed, you tore a bunch of stuff up at your parents' house. You had a friend that suggested teen challenge to you. You, you said, yes, I'll go. Yeah, I said, yes, I'll go. So, uh, my dad drove me down to, to teen challenge and I got to teen challenge and I hated teen challenge because there's, there's rules. You have to be up at a certain time uh, you're around, you're living with all these other men uh, in these dorms. And I tried to leave. I told my dad, I want to leave. And my dad said, if you want to leave teen challenge, you can go to Gallatin street. He had control of my money. He had control of my phone, my car, Gallatin street street. I, I don't, I can't live on the street. I don't know anything about so that. He says Gallatin street. He yeah. just means he go, means to, live go to live on the street. Like you're not coming back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was tough love. It was, it was what was necessary. And, um, so it then began a long arduous process of, seeking the Lord. I had to seek the Lord. I didn't have drugs to turn to. I didn't have people to turn to. And I did have brothers in the program that helped me in the program and lift me up. And there's, there's great staff down there like Matt Milliman and Josh Cook, Ben Mullins, Kim Brink. And, uh, but it was a slow process and I just had to seek the Lord with everything I had really seek a sincere thing. And I just cried out to the Lord on the altars. They have altars and we have a, a chapel I need you. I have to have you. I can't do this without you. And it was something that was real. It wasn't religion. It was a relationship. It was a spirituality. And slowly through the program, the Lord started restoring me. He started restoring my confidence. And I 
you know, after I'd been there like six or seven months, I had other guys that would say, hey, man, we see you as a leader. We see you as somebody. So I went from being the person that other people would have to lift up. Because when I first got to Teen Challenge, I had my head down. I was shaking. I wouldn't look anybody in the eye. And um, through the program, you know, there's structure in the program. There's classes in the in the program. And if it wouldn't have been for Teen Challenge, I wouldn't be where I am today because I needed that program. So anyway, uh, seven or eight months into the program, I start seeing myself as a leader. I start reaching out, mentoring other guys, lifting other guys up. And, um, you know, now I've graduated in January, this past January, and it's just amazing what the Lord has done. Well, there's a buy-in factor to it, right? You have to buy in. I mean, there's guys that go into the program and they just coast through that maybe they're trying to beat a charge or something else. But I... I bought all the way in. I was at the end of my rope, Clay. And when you start to see it work, after, I guess, you know, you're probably two, three weeks in, you start to see little things, the process is working, you're working the steps, then that motivation kicks in. And and that's when you talk about lifting other guys up. And you start seeing other guys come in in the shape you were in, and uh, that, that's got to recharge your battery when you've reached the point of kind of mentoring or helping lift the guys up and stuff. That's got to be a real – across in the Rubicon moment for you. Well, it kind of goes to like, you know, you, you're starting your recovery in your life and it's, it's about you and it, it, it has to be at some point, but eventually it gets to other people as well. You're still working. You're never, it, when you're in recovery, you know, you're really in that the rest of your life, you know, but you're more living your life for other people as well. You're working on your issues, but when you learn to start giving back to people and using what God's done in your life to help other people, that's when it begins to shift, and that's when when things begin to really change in your life. You have it's to give it away to keep it. Yeah, it's like when you, everybody wants to hold control of everything, and it's all about me, and that's really what children do. Like in recovery, we see it all the time. Guys come through our program, and you didn't talk to me right. You didn't do this happened, this happened, that. And we use all those things as crutches, and we don't realize it's keeping us down. But when you release that stuff and you recognize, look, Eddie had to take – you know, his life, he had to say, look, I, I I messed up. I did these things. I have to take ownership. I messed up. Like, you know, I, I did these things. It's not anybody else's fault. Doesn't mean things didn't happen. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm in recovery. I, and a lot of bad things happened to me. You know, I had a lot of hurt, a lot of pain I had to walk through. But that's not an excuse to just live however you want to live. You have to take responsibility for your own life, you know, with the, from the power of the Lord. Like, I can't blame my past or what my parents did or what my friends do or staff. You know, when guys would come in the program, I was sometimes I'm a barber and I would cut their hair and I'd be sometimes the first person they would talk to other than staff. And I was like, look, there's going to be times when staff ask you to do stuff that you don't want to do. But remember, you're not doing it, you know, for the staff. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing this for your freedom in 14 months at a program like Teen Challenge is a short amount of time. It seems long, but it's a short amount of time to get your complete life straight. So it's worth it. It's a lot of work, but like, you know, Matt and them say at Teen Challenge, real change is real hard. Anything that's worth anything is going to be hard and you're going to have to go through something. But, you know, like Matt just said, it's so not when you start giving it back to these other people and other guys. And now I mentor other a few other people now that I'm out. There's no, there's nothing like the feeling you get from doing that. Now I went from being very selfish, like I'm sure Matt you were, to being someone that's reaching out to other people, and there's there's nothing like it, man. Man, that is an amazing story to hear. And you know, you talked about something that resonated with me, and maybe I can give an analogy here and break it down for folks. You said 14 years is a short term for the rest of your life to get your life back. To 14, pay 14, months. 14 months. I'm sorry, 14 months is a short time to pay, and it's just like say you're overweight. And you're like, it's January 1st. Like by, by next year, I want to lose 100 pounds. Well, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, that year is coming whether you lose a pound or not. You might as well start doing something to better yourself 
to get you to the rest of your life, you know, if you, your health. And this is no different. This is obviously doing drugs and alcohol is detrimental to your health. It is. You know, start today. I mean, don't wait till Monday. Just start today. If, you, if you're sitting there and you know you need help, start today. Reach out to these folks. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was going to say something. Sorry, I had a little brain spasm there. These success stories with recovery, as I've gone through this stuff for a few years now and I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of people, I'm not saying this is everybody, but overwhelmingly, these success stories start with people letting the Lord in their life. I agree. Well, that's the ultimate thing is that we were created, and it's what we believe, we were created to serve God. And um, the void you know, is there when you're choosing other things and doing other things. And next thing you know, you get addicted to things and that becomes who you are. That becomes all you're about. So when your spirit can be opened up to who God is and his plan for your life, it changes everything. It transforms everything. Like in Eddie's life, it gave Eddie purpose, right? It gave, taught Eddie how to be free. It made Eddie a leader. <laughs> it made Eddie be able to reach out to other people. Now, I mean, he's he's involved in his church leading worship. I mean, he's involved in celebrate recovery groups. I mean, he's doing all kind of things because I mean, you know, he's giving back. And, and his whole purpose, like, I, I'll just share. When I was 19 years old, I went through a program 15 years ago in Louisiana, or 16 years ago now. And, um, you know, I didn't know how to do anything. I mean, I knew how to do drugs and party. I mean, you know, that's all I knew. I mean, I could work a little bit. But God, through that program, he, gave, he made me a leader. I mean, God, through that program, totally transformed my life. I realized I could work hard. I could manage. I mean, all these gifts and talents I had were being suppressed by my addiction. And, like, through that program, God taught me how to do everything. So everything that I am today, it's foundational to God teaching me because I couldn't do anything without that, you know, that purpose in my life. And let me just say something uh, related to what he said. This is the most important thing I want people to hear. This, what I do every single day to stay sober and stay plugged in is I spend time with God every single morning. Uh, you know, and when you have a relationship with someone, if you want uh, to have a good relationship, you've got to spend time with that person. So every single day I spend time in the Word, I spend time in prayer and praise because He's my He's my foundation. Jesus is my foundation. I'm nothing without Him. And just really quick, since I've graduated the program, uh, the Lord has just blessed me beyond it's crazy i have a great job at the mississippi man barbershop in glutstadt it's an awesome men's barbershop i'm on the praise team at uh, trinity wesleyan church in byron pastor tim burnett he's an awesome pastor and uh i'm getting to hang out with people uh and and pour into their lives so it's it's just amazing what the lord can do when you fully surrender are we perfect we're not perfect we stumble and fall we get back up but we move forward and then i have people like matt who are mentors in my life and and other people that i look you have to stay plugged in you know what I mean? You have to stay plugged in. You can't just graduate Teen Challenge and then you just coast and just float through. What they, what Matt told us at graduation is you've got to plug plug in, right, Matt? That's right. Well, the, the, you got to plug in, and what we see a lot is, is, and it's really the biggest hindrance for all men is our pride. Yeah. Pride tells you I don't need help. Pride tells you I can't go talk to Clay about my issues because Clay is going to look down on me. I can't. Eddie can't come talk to me because I'm the executive director and I'm going to look down on him or, or I'm because I'm the executive director. I can't have problems. No, look, I got problems. I got issues that I have to work through daily. And so pride is a killer, man, for people in recovery. Like, I'm not going to go get help. I, I don't need to go to CR tonight. I don't, I don't need to go to AA today. I'm, I'm good. You know, and you start hearing that I'm good. I'm good. Next thing you know, you ain't good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually 
a humbling thing, but it's necessary for us to stay humble the rest of our life and to go to people, build relationships, do things that are uncomfortable, be willing to bear your soul. You can't bear your soul to everybody. You have to be careful who you tell your information yeah. to, but you have to find people you can trust and you've got to talk and you got to make sure you ain't getting ready to walk off a cliff because it's easy to do. You know, you don't even realize it. Next thing you know, you know, walked off a cliff because you, you don't want to listen to anybody. Too much pride, you know? Yeah. Tell you what, let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I want to ask you all a question. What what is recovery? Is it the same thing for everybody? Can people do it differently? What do you see with that type of stuff? This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYEB. Hey, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. Sorry about that. Sometimes the conversation is so good during the breaks, we forget that uh, we are not live on the radio. <laughs> well, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. I'm joined in the studio this morning by Matthew Milliman and Eddie Buchanan with Mercy House Adult and Teen Challenge. Hey, before we go any further, Eddie, tell people again where you work. I'm at the Mississippi Man Barbershop. It's in uh, it's a men's barbershop in Glutstadt, Mississippi. It's a, it's a great experience. We do the hot razor shaves. We do the beard trims, the fades, uh, whatever you got. It's owned by Andrew and Melissa Werhan, and he they are great people, and they lead a great – and also want a, a great organization. And I go to church. I, I want to say this. At Trinity Wesleyan Church, it's in Byram, uh, Pastor Tim Burnett and his wife, Christy. Tim is just the most down-to-earth earth guy easy to talk to he loves the word the lord and he preaches right from the word makes you feel right at home but that's at 6950 south silo road we meet at 10 30 on have sunday morning they have celebrate and they have an there. awesome celebrate recovery uh chuck perry leads that uh on thursday night and that's uh at i think it's seven o'clock or six or seven you'll have to check with that but uh it's great, man. We really enjoy it. All right, we well, got we got a call. Let's take a call real quick. This is Scott. He texted in and asked you to call in. Hey, Scott, you're on there. Hey, Clay. Thanks for taking my call, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Matt might know me better. Clay Clay knows me because I used to work with him back when he was going through his struggles, and uh, and Matt might know me better uh, from Saturday mornings as the worst golfer he's ever met. <laughs> so, <laughs> but look, I, I, you know, knowing some of the guys, and we've got other people in our group, uh, you know, uh, who it's a it's a Saturday morning church group that we play with, and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to see if if Matt could put in a plug or give some ideas for people who are looking for ways to serve, who who don't have. You know, they don't have these struggles. I'm one of those guys. I've never had substance. I mean, I had to quit smoking in my 20s or something. You know, it, it, it wasn't that, you know, I don't remember being that bad. But but I never had any substance abuse issues, never had any of that stuff. But, you know, the Spirit calls us all to serve. And a lot of times you don't know where. You don't know what you want to do. And I know that Mercy House has got a lot of, uh, a lot of aspects, uh, churches that support them and what they do. Uh, is there any way people in the community, obviously money always helps, but is there anything that, that can be done that someone can do and says, look, this looks like a good, um, something really good that I could help with? Because you're doing more than just helping a guy get off of an addiction. You're helping uh, a beautiful young lady get the man that she loves back in her life. You're helping a daughter and a son get a dad that, that they really miss really bad. You know, you're, you're, you're like your ads say, Matt. I mean, you guys are building families and putting broken families back together again. You're doing so much more. And that helps 
that helps the crime rate in Rankin County. <laughs> Frankly, it, does. it helps a lot of stuff. You know, it really helps the community. How can we get plugged into what you guys are doing? What are some opportunities? And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Scott. Have a blessed day, brother. Good hearing from you. Yeah, Scott, it's good hearing from you. And uh, it's been a while since we played some golf and to get there and play again. But, uh, but yeah, so there's a variety of different things that, that we have. You know, people can obviously support us, you know, with, with financial. But we also, um, from time to time, we need toilet paper, toiletries, all those type things that are really important. We have two thrift stores. People can donate clothes, stuff like that. Something that we're, we're, we're really wanting to – the next level of our ministry where we believe we're going we're gonna to really be even more effective is our family ministry, like he's talking about. You know, we know we're, we're restoring broken families one man at a time, putting fathers back in the home. I mean, that's huge, right? When, when a man oh, yeah. gets, gets, gets right, gets sober, gets right in his relationship with God. Well, I mean, not to drag you into my Jackson drama, but that's a huge problem with what's going on in Jackson is there's not a father in the home that's it. in a lot of these homes. And if you can get the father back in the home, you can it's prevent defense, right? Yeah. You can prevent so much. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the bad part is studies have showed, I don't have them all right in front of me, but when, 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 when a, a, a guy is an, an absent father, I think it's like nine, it's seventy or eighty percent more likely that his son will be an absent father. So it it doesn't just start. To, I mean, it goes down, trickles down because they don't know any better. And so, it's like, could, like generational poverty, it's just, it really is. And 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 really, we have to have men rise up. So that's something that we're really wanting to do. And so there's going to be opportunities uh, for mentorship and and getting a wife and a couple that's that's doing good, living right in different churches to partner with a couple that's going through our program and help them and mentor them and encourage them. So that that's a way we also have different opportunities to serve. People want to come out and serve, you know, uh, serve days that we're, we're working on. Like we just had a church come out. They, they laid all our pine straw decorated for fall. We have a fall day coming up this Saturday. And so there's a variety of things like that, you know, that you can get involved with. Uh, how can they reach out? Well, they can reach out. They can, they can give me a call. They can call our office at 601-858-858. 2256 and just say hey i'd like to volunteer I'd like to get involved and uh, we'll find a way to plug you in uh, with that so all right so i teased the question here and we talked about this a good bit and i think this is real important especially for people on the front end of their recovery they're, they're ready to face their addictions and try to try to overcome them Re- recovery can mean different things to different people let's just say for instance that i have a pill problem but i also drink and I'm like, okay, well, it's the pills that are controlling my life. That's what's got me on the treadmill every day, running in place, chasing pills, waiting on my drug dealer here, waiting on my drug dealer there, doctor shopping, the whole vicious cycle, uh, trying to split them up enough that I don't get sick before I get any more. Everybody knows if you've gone through it, what I'm talking about here. So, all right, well, I quit doing those, but it's okay if I still drink, though, because that's not what – that's not what had me on the treadmill was alcohol, or maybe it's uh, maybe you were doing meth and cocaine, and you, you, your prescribed pills. Maybe that's a better analogy. You prescribed your pain pills. As long as you're not mismanaging those, it's okay though. I I, I can still call that recovery. Um, wh- what do you guys say? I mean, it, it should be a cold turkey deal. That's what I I believe it should be a cold turkey thing because you know, and it's different for everybody, you know, but. Really, you know, if you're if you're trading one for the other, you're really still in bondage to that. You're really still a slave to that substance. And so, we think it should be when you go in, when you when you're going into recovery, you should you should get off. Of, you should be attempting to get off everything. It's like Eddie said. You know, when you got down there, they took you off all your antidepressants. 
they took me off everything, and it's not what I wanted to do at the time, but it ended up being the best thing for me, you know. But his life became whole, and, and that's what people need to know. You think you can't, but you can. Like, you know, you can get off those things. It's different for each person. You have to find what that is, but, but when you, if you're listening and you're, and you're involved in stuff like that, you know. I mean, you know. You, and you what know he you just can. said gave me chills. You think you can't, but you can. You don't understand what you really can accomplish if you put your mind to it and let the Lord lead you. And that's what Teen Challenge does. They, they, they force you in ways to do things or push you that you wouldn't ever be able to do. But There's no way I'd be able to do what I do now if I wouldn't, what wasn't in that program. And you think you can't, but you really can. You can do way more than you think you can. That's right. Amen. Yeah, you know, the trading one vice for another, and let's just, you know, we'll use the alcohol as an example. It's like, okay, well, I quit doing pills or meth or whatever. But you catch yourself filling that downtime with just more of the substance that you've decided wasn't that important. You know, it will say alcohol. You know, it's like, oh, well, I was only drinking like two beers a night because I was filling the other void with the with the hardcore, whatever the addiction was. But for how long? Yeah, and then, well, then you start saying, well, now that two beers turns to six, turns to eight, turns to mm-hmm. ten, turns to twelve, turns to liquor, you know, turns to a disaster. Downward spiral. Well, Absolutely. This is the thing, if I have a few minutes, I don't know if you get ready to go to a break or not, but this is the thing, that, that God has a plan for each one of our lives. You know, I never knew that. I mean, I, I never, I mean, I was a strung out drug addict. I mean, on crack, everything else you can name when I was, you know, from 15 to 19. I mean, you can't even believe somebody, if you looked at me today, you're like, man, I can't even understand how you was involved in all that stuff. But, but I was strung out. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know anybody could love me, much less this God they talked about could love me. And when God's love reached into my heart, in my life, and he told me I could be a different person. I could change. I mean, it transformed everything about my life. Purpose. It's I mean, a beautiful I had, thing. I had Absolutely. vision for my life, freedom, and so that, that's ultimately what it is. God can fill whatever void is in your life, and God loves us so much, and He desires for us to walk in freedom. So you can trade one for the other, a substance, but ultimately, you know, how long can you do that? How long can you just have one? So yeah, let's take one more call here on the Mac Hike and Flowwood phone line with the guys. Hey, you're on there. Oh, hey, you're on there. Hi, this is Sylvia. Good morning. Hey, Sylvia. You got about, wanted, you got about one minute here. Okay, I just wanted to ask, could the word recovery be replaced with the word of Christ being the center of helping you and doing it through you to be the type of person he wants you to be and not the word recovery? Maybe I'm missing it, but that's all I wanted to ask about. Well, let me, let me maybe I can answer that. What I was going to say is, is... It, the word recovery, Christ is my recovery. Like, as long as my relationship with Christ is number one, I have that vertical relationship with Him, then everything else works out. You know, it says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. If I search horizontally for people or drugs or money or power or fame or pride to fill me up, it's never going to fill me up because we all have a God space within it. So I don't can be filled by God. I like so, the vertical. So it's the vertical. If with my vertical is right, then all my horizontal is going to work out. If I seek horizontal first, then nothing's going to work out. So, yeah, to answer her question, recovery is Christ. Like Matt just said, the, the love of God comes in and fills you up like like nothing else. It's amazing. I never thought it was real like that, and it, it's, it, it's real. Absolutely. Let's take our last break of the day. We'll come back, land the plane, talk a little bit about Mercy House Teen Challenge, how you can sow into that ministry. This is the Clay Edwards Show, and we'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Uh, as we get ready to land this plane today here with, with Eddie Buchanan and Matthew Milliman with Mercy House 
adult and teen challenge. Uh, one of the things we were talking about during the break, uh, real quick tonight or uh, Thursday night, six p.m. Yeah, Wesleyan. Trinity Wesleyan Church, uh, six p.m. Uh, is their celebrate recovery. And what Matt was just talking about is if you're in the struggle of addiction, start the fight now. Come out to a celebrate recovery somewhere in your area and just and just start the fight. Get engaged. Yeah, you don't have to jump all the way into a fourteen month program. Get out to a meeting tonight. Um, uh, one of the things we were discussing, I think, is so important. If if you were at your 100th day or 200th day or 3,000th day or six year or whatever point of recovery and you fall off the bicycle one time, it's only got to be one time. Get back in the race. Hallelujah. You can wake up the next day and start over again. Don't let that uh, – and I always go back to using a diet analogy. Just because you had pizza one night doesn't mean you got to have it every night. That's right. You know, you can, you can say, okay, I messed up tonight. Let me get back. Tomorrow's a new day. Sleep it off. Get back at it. Well, and that's important for anybody listening if you're struggling with addiction or just anybody. Like, keep fighting. Don't, don't quit. Like, just, or, or if you're struggling and you've never fought, but you realize now you have a problem, start today. Okay, what do you need to do today to get this off? Do you need to be going to a Celebrate Recovery? Do you need to be going to an AA meeting? Those are good, those are good things to do. Are you plugged into your church? Are you going to church? I mean, these things are important, but, but there's groups that can help you, short-term programs that can help you. I mean, there's a lot of things that can help you know, wherever you're at. But the, the thing is, is start fighting. You know, don't 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 just lay down and just roll over and quit because you're talking to guys or you're hearing guys that have, and even you, Clay, we've overcome some of these things and we're fighting every day. We haven't, you know, completely fixed every problem in our life, but we're fighting. And well, so, I, I mentioned the, the trading drugs for, it's okay if I have a couple of beers tonight because that's me. I'm talking about myself. Right. You know, I'm like, well, you know, it, it's okay. I don't do the drug. I don't do drugs, but, you know, I keep a six pack in the fridge. Or a twelve pack, or whatever you know, and it, I, these are my my battles, you know. And I've watched it ruin people's lives close to me and mine at one point, you know. So that's why I want to talk about these things. I think it's okay to ask these questions. It's okay yes. to it's okay to talk to somebody, man. If you guys out there are struggling right now, reach out to me. I'm easy to find, but the email clay at wyab dot com. I will gladly talk to you guys, you know, any way I can. Real quick, we got about a minute left. Matthew, tell people how they can reach out to Mercy House Teen Challenge. So Mercy House is one of the best discipleship programs. I'm biased, but I really believe that to help people overcome drug and alcohol addiction. And so we, we run strictly on donor support, people support. So uh, we have an auto center in Crystal Springs. Uh, if you're looking to buy a quality used car, we keep about 60 cars, 60 to 70 cars on our lot. Nice vehicles. We also have a vehicle donation program where people can donate a vehicle, any condition, running or not. You may be going to trade your car in, and you can get a tax deduction for the amount of the vehicle that we sell it for. So it can help you on your taxes. We have two thrift stores. We have one in Pearl, kind of in the heart of Pearl right there, and then we have a thrift store in Byram where you can donate stuff. We pick up uh, furniture. We pick up items. So um, And all that stuff helps our, our program. Eddie, the Mississippi man, barbershop in Madison. I mean, Gluckstadt. Mississippi man in Gluckstadt, Trinity Wesleyan Church in Byram. 1030 Sunday morning. All right, guys, thank you all so much for coming in. I really think we're going to end up changing lives with doing this every week. We're going to reach out to people who may not have seen it coming. Uh, this has been the Clay Edwards Show. You have Stephen Yatroska coming up next, filling in for Mike Madison. I will see you guys tomorrow, 7 a.m., 103.9 to BYAB. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.